not so giant listeners. It's the not so giant women. Hi. and Ivy, back today to cover. We need to talk. Decidedly less literal than usual. Hey. Mm. <laughs> Other than someone might need to talk to someone. You know, in, yeah. other, in other dramas, this is usually how they say someone's going to talk about their relationship. So, oh. granted, I guess we kind of got one relationship of that kind going with Garnet mashed together from her components. <laughs> so, I don't know, does Garnet decide she needs to talk to herself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be an interesting episode. I was going to ask if you had any thoughts on who you would like the we and we need to talk to be, but it sounds like you have a guest there already. <laughs> we talk to me. Mm. Human beings? Human beings. Human beings. If I could begin to be half of what... Mm. More flashback time! Yeah! Ha! Ah. Mm. We need to talk. Yeah, maybe it was partly because of the song and the setup, but this one fairly skipped by. Yeah, it ah. was really immersive. Yeah, for those who want their memory prompted, <laughs> we open with Stephen and Connie helping Greg sort some of his records. He apparently has most of the alternative section of a record store in vinyl format amongst his possessions. When he plays one of them from the philosophy majors, Stephen and Connie dance and they get so into their dance that they fuse into Siboney, however briefly. This stuns Greg as he has not seen this before. Upon trying to reassure Greg and asking him not to tell Connie's parents, he says it's okay, he's probably the only other human who understands such things, which means that it's story time as to why that is the case. He starts off by playing a video, which is of him performing, jamming, I guess, with Rose Quartz, Amethyst, and Garnet back in the flashback era. <laughs> Everyone's wearing their... <laughs> just after Greg met Rose Designs. Ah. Pearl is off to the side, sulking about the whole thing. When partway through the performance, she whispers something to Rose. They get into dancing and fuse themselves into rainbow quartz. New fusion, everyone. <laughs> they gracefully unfuse as the number comes to the close and Pearl drops the mic she's been holding, given Pearl's feelings on such things and what we know she feels about Rose and her, even to this day, evolving feelings about Greg. This is definitely a mic drop TM. <laughs> Briefly explain the basics of fusion, but the gems have to go off and do something. And this is the pre-house version of the temple as they climb into their warp pad in the cave. And, well, Rose and Garnet pop out of their pearl and Amethyst linger a bit longer. Amethyst, so she can get payment for doing the drums in the form of pop pop something, candy or popcorn or candied popcorn. And Pearl decides to turn the knife on Greg and basically saying, fusion is the ultimate expression between gems and, you know, you can't feel it because you're a human. And he's like, has a human ever tried to fuse for gem? Pearl's are like, wait, what? Mm. Amethyst is just enjoying the show. 
Greg resolves to try to learn to fuse. We see him at his van on the beach trying to imitate Pearl's dance moves from the video. Garnet and Amethyst happen along and explain it's not just a matter of getting your head around it. They've also quite get there, but that it's a matter of heart, not so much head. And that, well, Garnet throws a stick, so Amethyst will give him some privacy. (laughs) Amethyst is at her doesn't logically make sense, but is still adorable and hilarious, immature best at this point. So she just chases the stick and goes away. Garnet explains that it's not about doing what Pearl did. It's about dancing like you. You've got to be yourself. Greg tries to set up the ideal circumstances for he and Rose to dance together and he hopes fuse. They don't. Turns out the other gems are watching nearby. Amethyst is not being remotely subtle about it. And... There's a discussion of where are we going from here? Greg says, I'm worried about the future. And Rose just offhand says, oh, us, Garnet. <laughs> they talk about how they've both loved humans before. How has she been in love with a human before? We don't quite get an answer because she doesn't 100% know what he means. He describes it as torture. She takes that literally and he tries to explain the intensity of emotion that is being in love. The others tuning into this from behind and by no means behind at all, their rock. Pearl is like, why are they still dancing? Why are they still talking? It didn't work. And Garnet's like, yeah, it worked. So I think Garnet knew what she was doing all along. Amethyst says something offhand like, he's my favorite. And Pearl fears that he's Rose's favorite too. And by this point with Pearl, we know the obvious worry is that if he is her favorite, that she is not Back in the present, Greg wraps up the story and tells Connie if she ever wants to talk to another human being about this, he's there for her. They do a kind of human beings to human beings hand touch. Steve just absently says human beings and we're out. So we're not really learning anything entirely new about fusing. We knew a lot of this we picked up along the way, but it's the first time we've had explained in succinct terms how emotionally intense it can be. I mean, Pearl is obviously just trying to make Greg feel bad with trying to make it entirely sound like intimacy and love and glossing over purpose-built fusions or cases like Sugalite, but nah, they <laughs> wouldn't help her case, so she's skipping that. <laughs> For a moment during Garnet's conversation with Greg, I thought, is she going to unfuse to illustrate this? Nope. Are they going to fuse Garnet and Amethyst to illustrate this? And I thought, no, that would be a very bad idea. And they don't. (laughs) So Garnet once again simply uses her words and despite her stoicness, she understands that a relationship between Greg and Rose isn't going to be the same as a relationship between any other two beings or gems. Weirdly, when Greg asks Rose to just talk about things like a real person. She says she's not a real person, which is slightly degrading because I thought, surely, even if you're made of light and space rock, you're a person. Yeah. Although I have heard Rebecca Sugar say, like, phrasing in interviews, like, they're not even really people or whatever, like using people as if it means human people. So maybe that's kind of how that got framed that way, but there was a lot of discussion of that. So you're, you're not the first person to say, what the heck does she mean by that? I guess I'm also used to other science fiction things where 
definitely non-human beings refer to themselves as people. So I guess yeah. that's partly informing my experience. I mean, by any other definition of people, you would think they're people. And I'm pretty sure that they've called each other people before. Hmm. I mean, I know I went struggling for to navigate the several things called gem, call them gem people to distinguish who I'm talking about. And as far as I know, we haven't had any letters saying, why is she calling them people? They're not people. <laughs> yeah, it is a strange terminology issue. I kind of think that's what she meant. Yeah, and well, which picks up with him saying, you really are an alien straight afterwards. Yeah. Which, which even though it's literally true, isn't a word often used in apply in reference to the gems. Yeah. But yeah. I guess that's at least partly because we sort of started off as more magical for Dash of Sci-Fi and we're sort of veering a bit more towards Sci-Fi for Dash of Magic now. Yeah, there has been precious few references to them being aliens. And yeah, by any reasonable definition of the word they are, I guess it's just not a word they use very often. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that might partly be because we spend so much time with the gems as the main perspective in the show. So it's kind of like they say, well, Earth, like Pearl calling Earth, saying it's not a gem controlled planet. That's like the way that she sees it. Well, this is, you know, this is Earth, but it's not a gem controlled planet versus like we're aliens here. You know what I mean? <laughs> also, I guess they've, they've been on this planet there longer than so far as we know any other being on it. So That's right. in that sense, it feels a bit weird to refer to them as aliens when all the other people have just turned up here in the past hundred years or so. Especially in the case of Amethyst, who we know was born in a kindergarten on this planet. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, indeed an earthling in that sense. Yeah, yes, but she is, you know, made of alien genetics. <laughs> <laughs> she is of gem descent. Of gem descent, yes. But, you know, she really only knows earth you know so like she said in the song yeah it's kind of strange to frame that as she's an alien but you know that's technically they're all space aliens but we know that rose isn't in that situation because she answered greg's question saying that she never misses her whole home planet which implies that she has one so yeah so i guess this also means we've wondered what imperfections rose may have as she's been so often held up as the perfect missing mother slash lover mm -hmm. slash teammate slash sister right slash Very yeah and this week at least we get a bit of well part of the frustration is she can actually be quite annoying if you're trying to hold a conversation with her right she seems very dismissive and disrespectful of greg when he's trying to get her to level with him and from what we've seen even of the other gems in this era, of the other crystal gems in this era, it does seem this is a rose trait, not just a I'm a gem and don't understand you carbon fleshy people thing. I mean, well, right. Garnet was speaking pretty levelly and straightforwardly and downright yeah. intimately by Garnet standards. I was really impressed with the way that she talked to Greg and she was straight up broing out with him, like, I'll teach you how to get the girl. This is how you do it. Yeah, and obviously, <laughs> unlike a certain pointy-haired balletic gem she's obviously <laughs> more than fine with greg and rose being together if that's what works for them it's very interesting because i mean first of all when we first saw garnet encounter greg in the previous flashback episode her attitude toward him was i'm gonna pick him up and throw him back over the fence and she was slightly threatening toward him saying 
he better make his song good and pulled one of her gauntlets out, you know, like she was, she was not all that accepting, but it seems like now that we know kind of why her, why relationships and love is important to her that when she saw, Hey, this is a person who has these emotions toward Rose, you know, that she would have something to say about it and understand kind of where he's coming from in a much more positive way. So I was really very impressed with the way that she talked to him and encouraged him to invent themselves together. That was a really cool phrase. Yeah, she didn't like the new guy, but as he became less new guy, she's like, okay, I could deal with this. Mm -hmm. Did they say, I guess there was a reference to him saying, Greg saying the last couple of months have been great. So I guess they've been doing this for a couple months. Yeah, so we're in, in months. So obviously we're not at the let's make a Stephen point of their relationship. Right. Because um, that would be fast by human or GM standards. Right. No. He's saying when he said the last couple months have been great and she goes, oh, yes. <laughs> funny. <laughs> She's been content to have fun with him, but they're coming to realize that that isn't what helped them know each other. And I love that. I mean, I really love this episode for the message that they have about relationships and some of the ways that they use fusion to talk about intimacy, I guess. Yeah, and Rose seems very live in the moment or at least live in the moment and maybe a maximum of a couple of days ahead yeah. when it comes to having fun. Yeah. And see that. Yeah. she could have just been glib, but she also could have literally not know what Greg meant when he said, oh, I'm concerned about the future. Mm -hmm. And just sort of thinking relationship as future. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. Her attitude toward him was like, oh, I love humans. You're funny. You amuse me. I enjoy playing with you. Yeah. I've realized how much she reminds me both physically and in this part of the attitude of another friend of mine, actually. I don't know if the friend, I don't know if the friend knows that, but certainly, (laughs) certainly in physical terms, if this friend ever wanted to cosplay Rose Quartz, she would not have difficulty. I mean, I know you don't have to match body types to cosplay someone, but she could certainly fit it in face and body if she wanted to. Cool. And she's got a very, as long as, as long as you're having fun, let's just be now about relationships. I see. I had a conversation with my best friend once about whether we would want to ever cosplay together and do Rose and Pearl. Because she she's in the same situation where she could do a really good rose quartz if she had a giant pink, pink wig, and you know I told her I could probably be ten thousand percent gay for you. <laughs> <laughs> so about Pearl. <laughs> yeah, well, I do hope no one watching is in any way under the impression that Pearl does not have it deep and hard for Rose. She has fallen very very hard for the large pink one. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, In fact, in this episode, you kind of hope that's the case because if it's not that she's also in love with her and jealous, it does make her actually just a complete jerk (laughs) this week. Right. And even though like the way that she acted was very sort of like textbook, jealous, immature trap, I I can see kind of where she would be coming from, even though she didn't need to give him that attitude was, you know, when you have known someone for as long as she's known Rose, and then this guy comes along and he's been playing around with her for a couple of months and Pearl just rolls her eyes saying, you know, whatever, she'll be tired of you soon. And that she must have seen this come and go so many times. Like, 
she probably feels like her relationship with Rose is enduring and real and Greg is a toy. Yeah, and you get the impression once you link all the bits together that the other humans she loves were kind of flings, for want of a better word. Right, but and she Pearl was probably right that Rose looked at him that way. So when it happens, Pearl was probably like, oh, here we go again, but I have been here for thousands of years. And I confuse, so she must like me better. She will come back this, to me eventually. Yeah, yeah, and we can do this, and this is an expression of a relationship, which, you know, the fusion is a relationship, for better or for worse, and that she, what it is to her is an expression, an ultimate connection that she feels honored to be allowed to do with her. And the thing is, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think she needs to even bother engaging with Greg on this if she's that confident. So it makes me think she does feel threatened. Mm-hmm. And she probably feels that if she went to Rose or said that Rose would not see it as a problem. Right. Yeah. And you definitely think that maybe if you were to translate this into more human terms, Rose would be non-monogamous, which would be fine, but Pearl would not be good with being non-monogamous. She would not want to share. Yeah, I get the impression that occasionally over the thousands of years, Pearl just kind of tells herself they're together. Right, right. And we have seen some indications that Rose did hold her in a very important position, you know, just that she trusted her with secrets. And, you know, when, say, Rose's scabbard or when she talked about fighting in the war with her and that they were going to be together after the war and, you know, all these things they've been through together, you know, you have to give some credence to that and say they really do have such a long history. And Rose doesn't ever, doesn't ever act like it's annoying to her. So it's kind of tell how Rose feels. Yeah, and however strongly Rose feels about Pearl, I really don't think it's as deeply and singularly as Pearl pe- feels about Rose. Definitely. There's been a lot of people who say it's, you know, unrequited or whatever that they interpret it that way. And I think that's not, I think that oversimplifies it. I feel like Rose loves Pearl in the way that Rose is capable of loving Pearl. (laughs) Yeah. And given her understanding in the conversation with Greg this week, she, again, may simply not see it as as there being any kind of problem there. She may not see the imbalance. Yeah. I feel like this episode is one of the most adult episodes, not only just because there's a lot of kind of, there's some kissing, there's some intimate poses and stuff like that, but also just because we spend the entire, almost the entire perspective in an adult's point of view through the, you know, the conceit of we're watching this as a flashback inspired by the videotape initially. And because of it not really being filtered through Stephen directly, it just felt very much like we actually get to see something that's going on between adults in this show. Yeah. And well, talking about your relationship and its future is not something kids are known for doing a lot, at least not on that level. Right. And Greg did comment as he's putting the videotape in, I didn't think I would be telling you this so soon. Because, <laughs> you know, we have Stephen and Connie here, but he just saw them fuse. And that means they have some kind of relationship that he definitely thought of as a connection that is something to aspire to. And now he's finding out his son is doing it. But he's, you know, he was surprised, but he was, he was clearly cool with it, which is cool, which is great. 
Yeah, he, under- he understood that whatever has enabled Stephen and Connie to fuse, it's a, it's a quirk of biology, not of, of emotions. Mm-hmm. As in, the, well, it's both to them, but the reason he can't is nothing to do with his emotions. It's that he was 100% all human and Rose was 100% all gem and apparently just can't fuse that. Right. Whereas Stephen is doing his gem things with a human body. So it makes sense that he can also do gem things to other human bodies. <laughs> yeah. His gem and human properties are kind of cross-pollinating within himself. Yeah. And presumably Rose could not do that. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. When we jumped into the videotape, I was wondering if you noticed Pearl missing immediately or if you realized she was gone when we panned to her backstage for the first time. Yeah. Oh, I noticed she I noticed she wasn't there, partly because I partly because I was just looking at Stephen and the Stevens before we recorded this episode. Oh. And so I was aware of ostensibly what roles they should play when they're a band. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was, I was going, ah, we're back here and there's Rose and Amethyst and Garnet and hmm. so I figured Granted, sometimes one of them's absent just for no reason, but I figured she's going to come in and ex- at the very least, she's going to come in and explain something, but she did more, more than that. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what that conversation was like, like whether it was them excluding her and saying like, oh, you play violin, you, we don't need a violin in this rock song, or whether it's more likely, I think it would be that Pearl would refuse to play with them. It's like, yeah, we're going to go jam with Rose's human friends. She's like, you think you're a human friend? I will not lower myself to this. And then, you know, Rose is into it. So she's just like, oh, shit. Well, now I look like a jerk. So I'm going to stand backstage and be salty. And then make myself look like an even bigger jerk. Yeah. Hmm. It is interesting that she thought of a way to include herself and also have a relatively subtle in-your-face to Greg. <laughs> and I do love the we shouldn't drop mics, they're expensive, which as an audio nerd, I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> that was pretty great. Pearl's mic drop was really sort of you can just you can just hear that if there was an audience, everyone would be like, Ooh. <laughs> you know, that was a pretty mic droppy thing she did. And I know we've discussed before that it doesn't hundred percent make sense for Amethyst to be less mature and apparently smaller at this point in time, but it's just so adorable and funny that I just will roll with it. Yeah. Hmm. You say she was going for a phase, if you like. Yeah. But I mean, it's the relatively modern era. It's a blink of an eye until Stephen is born. So it's very interesting that that is the role she plays in a group of people that she's herself thousands of years old, you know? <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah. Like I said, and I don't know if it comes up again later that there's a reason she regressed, but I'm I'm just prepared to go with it just for the sake of the episodes. And yeah. because I love Amethyst being Amethyst and she's even more Amethysty when she's doing that. She was really entertaining this time. Almost everything that came out of her mouth was hilarious. Mm, well, she's not, especially not at this point, she's not going to be the one with any wise relationship advice. Right. Although even she was like, oh, fusion dance isn't about your head. Yeah, no, well spotted amethyst, but I love that she's not even subtle, that she's just literally eating popcorn and and watching the show when people are bickering. Oh yeah, she's just like, this is like a total drama that I'm really into. 
and went there behind the rock during the attempted fusion, or rather Pearl and Ghana are behind the rock. Amethyst is just sitting there in plain view. And Greg and Rose have obviously reached the point of, well, this is just the thing she does. We just got to get on with right. it. Right, right. No subtlety. Yeah. I like when Greg is laying on the floor and or laying on the ground after he's exhausted himself trying to imitate Pearl's dance. And she just walks over and goes, hey, are you dead? <laughs> But she could have been asking a legit question, you know, to her, humans just die one day. And they're, she's like, oh, is this one dead? Yeah. Oh, I no. love that. It's especially because Greg probably answered the same way, just to go, no, I'm, I'm alive, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was cute. But it does imply, you know, if when Greg was asking them to, you know, asking Amethyst and Garnet to give him fusion advice and, you know, Amethyst suggested but it's not a fusion dance isn't about your head and laughed about come on i still want to see him try and she's definitely like implying that she has fused before and we've already seen her fusion with the other two but you know you have to wonder like if she has been in a rose fusion herself and if garnet has or if it's just pearl does pearl find reasons for everyone else not to be allowed to fuse with rose Right. I could imagine that if Pearl holds it in the esteem that she does, that she would consider it to be kind of like, you know, you guys can do this only if it has nothing to do with relationship stuff. Like, okay, if you if you need to fuse with Rose to like become whatever the fusion is, you know, get your get your work done and unfuse. No, no messing around or whatever, because this is like my thing that we do for fun. I'm going to be giant dance mom you know, <laughs> and, and be gorgeous and beautiful with my leg warmers. <laughs> I'm disappointed that Rainbow Chords doesn't speak. No, no, they don't. I guess it was enough to wow us and Greg that our cue appeared at all. Yes. You know, definitely it was enough wowing, but now, you know, you, you look at that and then you go, oh, I wonder what her voice would have sounded like. Mm. She had an interesting thing going with her eyes in that. Yeah. had the two sets, but the lower ones were kind of like, partly because it's animated, like half-moon spectacles for the big set. Right. The ones on top looked like pearls and the ones on the bottom looked like roses, mm. the colors, which is very interesting. Yeah, and also kind of, in, kind of in shape as Pearl does have the bigger eyes too. Yeah, yeah. And Rose has kind of smaller, sultry-looking eyes. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Rose also well. has closer to human features in general yeah she does rainbow had sort of a pointy nose but it was more like rose's nose with a point (laughs) yeah we've talked before about how that nose seems to be some dominant genes within fusing yeah yeah very interesting how her hair was long like roses but had a bunch of little flips like pearls does yeah, I, I mean, well, obviously I didn't get to freeze and have a decent look at everything, yeah. but um, yeah. I will later on see what. You need to borrow Greg's videotape. I watch it over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, she had on a dance mom leotard kind of thing. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I was. Uh, but only two arms. Yeah, I was mostly struck by because I thought doing that with the eyes was actually kind of clever. Yeah, and cool. it could just be what was going on, but it didn't look like they were a hundred percent in sync the two sets maybe that just could be the angle and the animation and the property of having two different shapes set of eyes so i take a look at that again but that's part what made me think of them like like the half moon glasses right 
Yeah. It's also interesting because we know that Pearl suggested that fusion because she wanted to make Greg jealous, full stop. Whereas Rose just probably believed her that, oh yeah, that'll add something extra. That'll be impressive mm. and cool. Yeah. You know, I'll do that. That sounds fun. Yeah, Pearl and probably so, said something like, let's fuse. That'll blow his mind. Yeah, yeah, you know. And then you have to wonder, like, what even might have been going through Rainbow Quartz's mind? Like, you know, if you have both of those motivations in there, what is actually thought by the fusion? Why I'm doing this? You know, why I'm here? That's a good, that's a good question. And yeah, of course, she only seemed involved the song and separated after really not very long at all. So we didn't get right. a shot of that. But yeah, yeah, that could have been a conflict if she'd thought about it too hard or at all. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because it did kind of look like sometimes that she was in your facing, Greg, that Rainbow Quartz was like that she was dancing, dancing up to him and like showing off for him but looking at him all the time. Mm, but you know, at least from out here, it was you could interpret that as, ha, ah, take this fleshy one or hey, look what I can do. I know, like, probably both of those attitudes are somewhere in there. But I know that Rebecca Sugar and some of the others have been asked, you know, questions about how, you know, how much does a fusion know from the components? Like, is it like they can read each other's minds and then they don't have any secrets? Or is it, you know, something else where, and Rebecca kind of clarifies that they're relationships, like a fusion is a relationship. So that relationship will contain any information or feelings or motivations or whatever that they have together. So it's kind of like whatever one would tell the other or has told the other is part of what that fusion also knows. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of feel like probably a lot of the pettiness from Pearl was left out of that because she doesn't want Rose to know about it, mm. but and- I'm not sure. Also, on an emotional level, Rose doesn't have that kind of pettiness, so it might be it doesn't have something to latch onto in the other psyche. Right. But I could see that still sort of simplifying to, I'm showing off for Greg and Mm. having that satisfy both of them. (laughs) Mm. And we also don't know if fusions sort of get formed with every piece of that relationship and knowledge at once, or if they have to sort of, if they'd have to sit down and... Right. think about things and yeah so from that point of view it could be that rainbow was just so swept into the moment that those thoughts didn't really have time the pettiness and such didn't have time to gather steam in her head before she was two people again right and so it, it did I, look like a deliberate unfusion too so it wasn't falling apart they didn't have time for that yeah yeah no this was definitely part of the show yeah the death drop thing she did <laughs> And I can't remember if it's been explicitly said, but it certainly appears that when you defuse, you don't take anything you didn't originally come in with in terms of like knowledge and what have you. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. Or at least it wouldn't be something that they wouldn't want to share that they would be trying to keep. Yeah, I mean, like Stefani doesn't unfuse and then Stephen knows Connie's email password or something. Right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. But actually, speaking of that, like they unfused without saying anything also. So the fusions that we saw in this, except for Garnet, didn't talk. But yeah, when they... the fusions. <laughs> but when Savani unfused, Connie clearly had something on her mind, like, and she was worried that 
oh my God, Greg is gonna, Greg saw this, Greg is gonna tell my parents I'm gonna get in trouble for doing magic stuff with Steven. Like that seems to be kind of the first thing on her mind because that was what she like bursts out with as soon as Greg is like, you too confused? Please don't tell my parents, Mr. Universe. So she clearly is worried that this would make her parents less likely to let her hang out with Steven. Although I'm thinking about like, it looked like it was sort of twilight. And I'm like, you're hanging out at a car wash with your friend's dad's van. And like your parents are cool with that. I'm not sure what's going on there because they're pretty strict. So I don't know why they're not worried about her. (laughs) But yeah, she clearly thinks that they would not be happy with her fusing with Steven. Maybe she thinks that because her because her mom's in the sciences, she wouldn't be cool with magic. Maybe she thinks her mom's got that old dichotomy going. Yeah, I mean, and there all there is also just this unavoidable comparison of if you know, especially the way that Pearl framed fusion as the ultimate connection, almost like this is this is the ultimate intimate relationship which I don't like to compare fusion to sex because it isn't sex, but Pearl lets that occupy a place in her perspective on like, this is the person that I'm with and this is what I do with the person that I'm with. And, you know, it's almost like I could imagine that conclusion being made by some other adult, like you're doing what? You're blending into another person's body. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much Pearl knows about sex at this point in time, but I would say she was certainly willing to let Greg think that they were comp- comparable. So I know many viewers, including myself earlier on, were comparing fusing to sex. So it's not out of the question that someone in story would as well. Well, right. And especially after we meet a romantic fusion like Garnet, you know, who uses fusion as, you know, a manifestation of her relationship and Ruby and Sapphire's connection. But yeah, because Pearl leaves stuff out like, oh, sometimes you just fuse because you've got to become big and beat the crap out of something, which would rather derail her needling Greg. Yeah, it was brought up a couple of times by fans who were criticizing Pearl for her attitude in this episode that she was very against fusion in the earlier season one episodes for what she determined to be silly reasons like she adamantly did not want to fuse with amethyst to make opal when we discovered fusion for the first time in giant woman and then she didn't want to do it for the dinner party either so she's like no it's for it's for important stuff but this is important stuff to her (laughs) yeah i'm prepared to say this is quite plausible in character hypocrisy i don't think it's a script getting it wrong i think it's pearl being a jerk probably also that she doesn't Obviously, she knew Garnet was a fusion, so she wasn't judging Garnet walking around as a fusion all the time for the sake of her relationship. So she probably wouldn't hold herself to that standard either Mm. (laughs) and probably wishes that Rose wanted to spend more time fused. (laughs) Mm. So Mm. anyway, what else? So let's see. I'm sure I have some other stuff I want to talk about with this episode. I watched this one with my dad. I showed this one to my dad. Oh, this is that one. (laughs) Mostly because my dad is, you know, he's a bit of a Greg. He's a musician and (laughs) band geek since he was young and had long hair back in the day and probably relates to some of the dad stuff. So I ended up showing him this episode and I don't think he remembers it now, but (laughs) he seemed to enjoy it. (laughs) 
So I really liked their conversation. Like I thought that was that whole conversation between Rose and, and Greg at the end when he got Garnet's message that they should create who they are together, whatever he wants that to be. And that he kind of came up with this whole suave thing where he danced with her and he climbed up on some boxes to be able to give her this dramatic dip and kiss her from above, which you generally can't do with an eight foot tall woman. No. And you know, he, that then the ensuing conversation that they had when they got honest with each other was really very interesting that they bonded about being both being confused. <laughs> cool. Mm. I wonder what Rose was doing when she kissed him and said, I have to go at the beginning. I wonder what she was off to go do. Maybe there was maybe there was a gem mission. They figured, ah, tonight is the next rising of the corrupted gem mega walrus in the Atlantic. And we've got to go take care of that. <laughs> yeah. She's just going to go take care of that real quick. And then, you know, are you doing anything later? You know, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Or it's mm. just like a Patrick Bateman-esque, oh, I've got to return some videotapes. <laughs> That's totally what she was doing. <laughs> I got to return my books to the library. <laughs> yeah. Heck she, mm. heck, she still hasn't 100% grasped the other people feel monogamous, so maybe she's running off to a date with someone else again. No. Thinking about some of the other stuff I really liked in the episode about, I mentioned before that I like Garnet's like, bro advice for Greg. Mm. But one of the interesting things that she said was like she gave the explanation of how you have to have a gem at the core of your be being and a body that can turn into light and then a partner that you trust with that light. That was kind of poetic, but she was meaning it literally. And she says this to him and then kind of formulates an alternate way that she can have an, or that Greg can have an equal level of connection with Rose if he, as long as he invents it. And then she winks at him, which is fun because we get to see what a three-eyed wink looks like. <laughs> He's like, I... I think I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he figured out that she was a fusion from that or if he couldn't extrapolate that. I don't know. I guess at this point, he's only just learned about fusion and doesn't know any other gems. So right. he might not know that multiple eyes is often an indication of fusionism. Yeah. I, I think if I was him, I would not put... I would not put two and two together exactly, even though she's giving him fusion advice and he's just seen a fusion with four eyes and now he's meeting somebody with three eyes. I think I still wouldn't have figured out that that's what she's telling me because I think I probably also would have seen it as a temporary thing because that's how it was presented mm. and he's only ever seen Garnet. So. Yeah, and Garnet is one of the smaller f fusions and... Yeah, teeny. Yeah, and we've seen singular gems the same size as her, so... Right. That Rose would also, yeah. <laughs> Just like the audience, that would that would throw you off and not make you think she was a fusion on that alone. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Savani is about the same size. I think a little shorter, right? Yeah, I think it's a little short. I mean, this week they look the same size as Greg, but I think that was partly the angle. Yeah, yeah. I think they would be a lot taller than, than Greg if we got like a definitive canon answer. Because they're taller than Pearl, and Pearl and Greg are about the same size, which I think is interesting. <laughs> I mean, in the flashback, Greg's own size seemed to vary a bit too. <laughs> well, yeah, that's if there's one thing that's in, that's consistent about this show, it's the inconsistency of the sizes of people. Yeah. Well, I could understand that this time because they tend to draw 
young Greg like very Stephen-esque and Stephen is quite small. So I wouldn't be surprised if that sometimes just leaks across. Yeah, definitely. He's got the same sort of face shape. What's also interesting is he has, he and Stephen have the same nose and it's also Rose's nose. They have the exact same nose. That's what brought them together. Same nose. (laughs) I mean, that's what's important. You got to have, you know, good nose to give your kid. Oh, there you go. That would piss Pearl off even more if Rose is all... I like him because he has the same nose as me and she's just, oh, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, okay, I give up. I'll shapeshift. <laughs> and finally, we'd, we'd get to see her do that. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's still not. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. I wonder what she meant by, I wonder what Rose meant by saying everything on earth seems fast to me. I took it a bit as, a bit like what you said before, that she's thousands of years old and that that's her lifespan and that's but for on earth that's entire civilizations don't last that long yeah so yeah that in proportion they're like beings that live like a few days or something right it's like us and mayflies or something yeah i mean obviously not it's not quite literal in that she's not you know experiencing time at like 50 times sped up or something right. but I mean, this does happen to humans. That's why your first day in your job seems so much longer than any of the other days. It's because that's the entirety of your experience at that, at that new job. Right. Yeah. She also said it was a good thing that Greg didn't know her very well. And that, that was almost a dark comment. Like, what have you been up to? She's mm. ashamed of some stuff, clearly. Yeah, I mean, which makes sense if she was a soldier, but yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, is this like wartime atrocity stuff that doesn't look so great after 5,000 years or whatever of peace? Yeah, I wonder how much she thinks about that because she definitely seems like, I mean, like you said before, a very sort of in the present person, and I wonder if any of that haunts her at all or if she just doesn't think about it. Yeah, is that maybe why she likes to live in the present so much because it's let it's not all only about not thinking about the future, but not thinking about the past. So if you're only living in the now, you get to not feel the need to say, oh, by the way, I used to be in a war and because there was a war, you know, I hurt and killed loads of people. Yeah. I wonder at this point in the flashbackiness if she had told him any of that stuff yet, because we do know based on the description that he gave Stephen in that scene in The Return, that he knows about the war in the present day. He knows that she had to save her friends from, and that there was this big gem war and a bunch of people died and she must tell him at some point. Mm. Yeah. And everyone's got swords and things. So she was, she was in there with the fighting Mm -hmm. and, you know, at the time, at the time in the war, even if she's able to sort of go, those are the other side. They, I am just doing what I have to. Mm -hmm. Once you try and phrase that to it through a lens of peace, it, especially to Greg, who it seems a decent guess he's never been in a war. Yeah. Very different, very hard to put it in context for him, especially mm-hmm. if there's something she worries about inside, which if she's like many other people will greatly inflate the anxiety about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Dark questions here. <laughs> I mean, mm. mind you, in keeping with my thing of Greg's strange indeterminate age he does seem like he's also at least partly drawn from stereotypes of Vietnam or draft dodgers so go figure yeah 
Oh, well, could be. I don't really know what the war situation even is in the Steven Universe universe. True that. And as, as I've said, I think regardless of what the actual decades were, Greg still seems like he has he had his younger days in the 60s and 70s, even if by any rational timeline, it was probably the 90s and maybe 80s. Yeah. Right. I mean, you just look at that van and there's a certain aesthetic to it. Well, look at all that prog rock in his record collection. Yeah. I mean, he called it transcendental space rock, but we know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I had a funny thought about, uh, I mean, we talked about how Pearl is kind of taunting Greg that he's never engaged in what she considers to be the ultimate connection between gems. I wonder if he ever went after her and said, you've never engaged in the ultimate connection between humans. So, and, and I've done that with her. <laughs> oh, now there's the, a divide because part of me thinking Pearl probably wouldn't care except for the notion this might be something Greg's done and she hasn't and she wants to get one up on him. Right. And she does know that Rose has got this sweet spot for humans and that she might be like, oh, are they actually doing something that I'm getting left out of? And that's why she keeps messing around with these weird monkeys. (laughs) Is she going to go down into Beach City on the pool just to get one up on Greg? Also, the concept of Pearl on the pool is hilarious. Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Pearl with a dating advice book and like reading the joy of sex. (laughs) Kama Sutra. She'd just put it in her gem and pull it out when she needs it. Fun tangent fact. A friend of mine used to live in the same village as the guy who was the model for the big beady guy in the joy of sex. Okay. I don't know what that is, but Uh, I'm sure anyone who's seen it knows. (laughs) Yeah. In the book, there are pictures and because of when the book was written and well drawn, the guy's beardy look is very seventies. And if you've seen it, it'll stick. I see. (laughs) And yeah, she used to live in the same village with him. And even though it was like 20 years later and it was going gray, he still had the exact same beard and hair. Yeah, forever immortalized as the joy of sex guy. Yeah, and obviously that's fine of him because, you know, he could always just shave and he didn't. Right. <laughs> the fact that he didn't suggest he's fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could imagine like Pearl figuring out how to be very clinical about the entire thing and then you do this and then you do this and that, you know, that means that I'm good at sex. Tab A into slot B. <laughs> well, I don't know if any of them has any tabs or slots, so... <laughs> I briefly tried to imagine Amethyst going to pick up, but I get as far as someone offers to buy her a drink and then she eats the drink glass and all and her prospective date just leaves. You know she would do that. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, hey, where are you going? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah, then she just gets distracted by the Pac-Man machine in the corner or something. She's fine. Right. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised that he never tried to turn the tables on her, but maybe that would just be too adult for a kid's show because of what would inevitably be implied there. Yeah, they've done a lot of adult stuff, but I still still think I'd be pushing if they actively said on this show, people have sex, you know. Right. Yeah, I think so. Well, wait, I have loads more probing questions to ask. Let's see. I haven't asked you a deep question to probe oh, your brain. No, not the mind probe. 
I think I got a good one for this one. Oh, let's go. So we have seen Rainbow Quartz now, mm-hmm. and that is a fusion between Rose and Pearl. And now that Rose is gone, that fusion basically doesn't exist anymore and can't be made. So I'm curious as to what whether you think if they made a version of a fusion with Steven and Pearl, whether that would be, how would that be, how similar would that be to Rainbow Quartz? Would it be a different fusion in your opinion or like a whole different person? How do you think that works? I think certainly they'd look different because... Fusions, fusions take visual cues from their components, even just the superficial ones. So sure. either way, they'd look different. I'd normally say they could be smaller, except mm. fusion size doesn't always relate much to component size. So they're probably smaller, but you can't say for sure of these people. Right. I think there would be similarities because it's the same gem, the same gem energy if you will, Mm -hmm. Uh, the same power enabling both. But Stephen, as a person, while there certainly are some things he has in common, does have different traits to his mother. Yes. We've certainly seen their their commonality in compassion and things like that, but they also have differences. Stephen isn't quite so impossible to talk to, for one. (laughs) So... Yeah, I think with different raw materials from Stephen's mind and emotions wrapped in, but still Pearl being Pearl, albeit Pearl mm-hmm. with another <coughs> year's experience, mm-hmm. would still would mean that that half is still fairly similar. But the result, yeah, I think you'd you'd definitely see echoes of Rainbow Quartz the first in it, but. Rainbow quartz the second, if indeed they are rainbow quartz, but that there that's direct that's a gem name, and I suppose the gem parts are still a rose quartz gem and a pearl gem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely you definitely see echoes, and maybe kind of be able to relate to them the same, but they mm. would ultimately be a diff a different being, and mm. any roseness would probably just be the things that. Pearl remembers of Rose and or that Stephen has in common with Rose. Mm, yeah. But mm. I wouldn't expect, for example, it to be a spontaneous revival or resurrection right. of Rose's psyche. Yeah. It's, uh, it's sad to think about because, you know, fusions depend on their components continuing to exist for them to continue to exist. So it just seems like if Rose is gone, then every fusion she's ever made also will never exist again. And that is, you know, kind of sad, but it's also sad to think that Rose doesn't exist. So, I mean, it kind of be even sadder in a way if the Rose parts got revived in a remerging of Rainbow Quartz only to disappear mm-hmm. and could only exist as half of Rainbow Quartz psyche and not completely. Yeah. Right. And on the other end of it, it would be sad if Steven and Pearl couldn't have like their own uh, version of the fusion, like that that their relationship still partially belongs to a mom he's never met. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to be thinking otherwise, but I definitely see Stephen as Rose's son, not as a continuation of Rose, despite having the same gem. I don't know if by this point fan speculation was that Rose's essence is still wrapped up in the gem somehow, but 60-odd mm-hmm. episodes in, we haven't seen any sign of that. and. 
yeah any commonality just seems to be as people seems to be based as much on him being her son or them just happening to be similar people in some ways yeah i think we really only started to get the idea that he was looked at as if he just was his mother when Jasper was calling him the wrong name, you know, and it's like, oh, you think I am her because I have the gem, like that she was addressing him as Rose and calling him Rose, hmm. you know, and then after that, he's kind of speculating in the Joyride episode, like that they want to take me prisoner because they think I'm my mom and maybe I kind of am like it started to enter his mind that maybe because gems are calling him that maybe he kind of is, but Otherwise, he doesn't have any reason to think that he is, that everybody he knows besides the enemies were treating him like he was a different person and she was gone. She'd given her body up. And he doesn't like it flashes of Rose memory or anything like that. And it seems to be a bit of a roll of the dice as to how much his powers resemble her in the execution. Yeah, yeah. The shield that he showed, Pearl has called it Rose's shield before. So that, you know, I guess we've seen in a flashback also that she had had a shield, but she used a sword also. Mm-hmm. The sword that, you know, that we've all seen that doesn't seem to be her gem weapon. So, I mean, that's the same, but a lot of the other stuff that he did seems to have some significant differences, like the healing and stuff that she's crying on things, but he's licking things, you know, <laughs> definitely manifests differently and shape-shifting don't even get, get me started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that way lies yeah. cat fingers. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, Rose made little cat fingers too. <laughs> but the only reasons he's had to think he is Rose have come from being externally told. He hasn't like had introspection right. or something. That's right. Yeah. It really wasn't a question that anybody had that, well, maybe like there was that weird thing that Pearl said, do you have do you have any of her memories and stuff during that episode where she was very upset and wondering if she can see him, you know, but yeah, even that was a bit last ditch because surely that should have come. If that's a thing they're expecting to happen, surely that should have at least kind of come up by now. So I think that was a bit of a desperation of, is there any Rose left in you also because I'm so sad, I kind of know there's not. Right. It's kind of the same sort of thing that people say when they, you know, they lose someone and then they feel like the person is watching them from the beyond or whatever. So it's sort of unstable. The video froze for a second. Yeah. Did you say something back? I was about, yeah, I was about to, what was I about to say? It's gone now. Mm. But yeah, actually that for the most part, he knows less about Rose than anyone else, which certainly doesn't suggest that he's actually her. Yes. Yeah. And also, if you think about it too hard, that would mean that Greg's son had been his girlfriend and you just don't want to go there. That's just too weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone who has a real relationship with him understands him to be a version of her. And so far as we can tell, this has never happened before. So the gems who just haven't been hanging around him the whole time just don't have a context for it. Yeah. You know, but they do feel that they don't have the same relationship with their body that humans do. So they're just like, well, the gem is the gem. The gem Mm. is us. So I could understand them kind of being confused as to what the hell Stephen is. Yeah. So they're thinking she's either shapeshifted or reformed into this tiny, squishy brown hair body, but 
Right. I mean, a show of fan fiction is filled with other human gem hybrids, but yeah. so far as we know, in canon, he is one of a set of one. Yeah. I saw some people making comparisons between what might be going on with him and that lighthouse gem from that mostly ignored episode, Horror Club, <laughs> when there was a gem in the wall and it couldn't get out because it was in the wall and like Lapis was stuck with mirror and she couldn't do anything. And so people are like, is that like Rose is the gem, but it's stuck in Steven. <laughs> so that was a fun perception that developed around that time. And it's very disturbing. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think there's going to be some kind of search your feelings moment that unlocks all of Rose in him. Yeah, I was kind of disturbed by how many people kind of wanted that to happen, like wanted her to return somehow. And I feel like even though returning of absent parent is a nice thing by itself, you know, a return of Rose is strange for a lot of reasons. And so far, unless I'm forgetting something, this show seems to pretty much stick to dead is dead. Yeah. So if there's an afterlife or ghosts or essences that hang around in any other way, we're not seeing it on screen. Well, you didn't check with Ronaldo. Well, he, has, yes. he has a filing cabinet. Yes, he probably gets Stephen to stand next to a weirded out seismograph and say, see that, that peak, that's your mom. <laughs> oh, hang on, that's when I dropped the pen. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> any requests? Well... What did you think of the music? We had a song. Yeah, I did like that song. Great song. Distracted from some of it by checking out the new Fusion. Yeah. <laughs> and the <laughs> various machinations going on around it. Yes. But we got a kind of updated old school rock feel to it. Yeah. Which, pretty cool. Yep, that seems to be something Greg will often return to, just good old fashioned rock and roll. Yeah. What was mm. it called? What can I do for you? Ah, well, there we go. It's another... The song titles isn't often one where they completely crack things open. So. Yeah. It's interesting how the song lyrics were a little preview of what we were going to get as a central sort of conflict of the episode. It, it, the lyrics are very sort of playful and Greg is legitimately asking, you know, what can I give you that no one else can? Whereas she has a verse by herself saying, you know, you're fun and I didn't think I was going to be so entertained. Like, it's still very much like I'm playing. Yeah, it still harks back to her disposable playmates thing. Yes, disposable playmate. And I suppose Greg is asking what he can do to be the one that doesn't get disposed of. Right. It's interesting that when she says, I hadn't planned to find you quite this entertaining, and his face kind of falls a little bit. He's like, I was hoping she was going to say something else. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously this is, in story, this is a sing your feelings moment. Although she might just say, oh, no, it's just a song. I'm just singing and not realize how hard it's hitting Greg. Yeah, I'm I'm curious, though. Like, I mean, what even was this song? Because it was supposed to be they were filming a music video, but he seemed surprised by her lyrics. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it it did sound a bit like the video had some kind of purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably uh, still trying to make it as a rock star. Yeah, but that suggests, I don't know, maybe this is why Greg doesn't make it as a rock star very often. You'd think you'd know what song you were going to do. If this is his audition tape for whatever (laughs) the Beach City version of Top of the Pops is or whatever. Uh Can't exactly upload it to YouTube. 
Oh, the, the tech in the Steven Universe universe, you probably upload to YouTube directly from VHS tape. Mm-hmm. Don't think there was any food this week? Oh, no, there was the pop-pop. There was. But I, I think I have a couple more things to say about music. Oh, sorry. My bad. That's okay. The main song we already talked about, but there was like a couple other weird music-related things that I wanted to touch on. There was the non-fusion dance. <laughs> yes. That was that was a really neat instrumental piece, I guess. I think that it was called I think that it was called Theme from an Endless Romance, which I think is really interesting that they called it that. Although I have to think like they showed them doing their dance to this and then it kind of the record player got to the end and was doing that staticky sound that records do when they are still playing but they're over. And then later, music started again with nobody turning the record over. So I'm not sure how that happened. Gem magic, yeah. right? <laughs> Amethyst scampered over. Yeah. Hey, why not? So, and they had the the love love like you song was in the credits, like it has been, I guess, since they started playing it in the credits. But which takes you back the first time you hear it because you're used to the standard just instruments thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's words. Yep. I know that like sometimes we don't have complete recordings of everything, including credits. And this one had the credits, but as they went along, they were kind of switching that up and they were adding more stuff and sometimes adding a whole new verse or new new lyrics to it. So it's a really interesting kind of evolving song. <laughs> Still a little while before you get to hear all of it. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, I can't think of anything else music wise though. Although, except for when they started in the beginning, they played that philosophy major song. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I like right. the little touch that Greg didn't quite stop it when he meant to the first time. <laughs> yeah. You're expecting the usual scratch noise, but he just doesn't, he's so confused, he doesn't quite do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And then they unfused really quickly, just blinked at each other. <laughs> But yeah, I don't get to show you any food because yeah, that was just basically that was popcorn and they've had pop pop before. So too bad. We've had, I think first time we saw popcorn might've been way back in Bubble Buddies when Onion had some, (laughs) (laughs) although it didn't say it was pop pop brand. It was some fair brand, I guess. But anyway, yeah, I don't usually redo recipes unless they're significantly different in some significant way. So this time I did not do anything cool with food, sadly. (laughs) Well, do you want to do some merchandise stuff or do you want me to tell you factoids? I'll just tell factoids. I'm learning new things all the time. Okay, I wrote a couple of them down so I wouldn't forget them. But without that list as such, I can tell you that this had three story borders and one of them was a rack of sugar. Yes, I caught that on the title screen. Yeah, it was Hillary Florido, which I recently learned that I've been saying it wrong because I've heard it said both ways and Hillary Florido is the correct way to say her name. So Hillary Florido and Katie Mitroff and Rebecca Sugar. So when you see when you see Rebecca's name, it's like, are we going to cry? Are we going to have to cry? Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of shows have that. Oh, this person's yeah. name's on the credits. We know <laughs> this is going to be yeah. emotions or this is going to be a big one. Yeah. Although being like, at least passably familiar with kind of how Rebecca Sugar draws when she's not specifically drawing in the style of this cartoon. She tends to draw kind of more 
lines on people's faces and just particular type of eyeballs that are kind of recognizable. And I saw some Rebecca faces on Greg this time. So I was like, oh. (laughs) I guess there's some expressions she wanted to get just so. Yeah, that's usually, I guess, when you see her come in. Plus, they like her to be involved on the rose-related ones because they're like, make Rebecca draw that hair. (laughs) (laughs) She's the one who can do it. But I don't know specifically if they had her do all the rose stuff. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that this would have been a good one to bring her in on and just say, look, it's just inevitable. We're going to we're going to have to have you. Yeah. Well, and someone had a thing going for Rose's lips this time. That's for sure. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think Rainbow Quartz had the lips, too. (laughs) Good choice, though. I mean, Pearl doesn't have any lips. (laughs) Rub it into poor Pearl. Huh? Rub it into poor Pearl. Oh, goodness. She does have very, very big blue eyes. And we don't really, we don't really see eye colors very often on gems. Mm. So kind of an interesting trait of hers. Yeah. So I guess a factoid would be that this is Rose's first song, which we know, and Rose's first fusion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's continuing the Stephen Bomb, Stephen Bomb 2. So this is episode four of the second Stephen Bomb. Cool. Yeah. I have the description. It says, Greg tells Stephen and Connie the story of how he learned about gem fusion. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Tell a little much, but I could see that considering they kind of dropped that in the first minute. (laughs) Yeah, no, I find it acceptable. I don't think, to me at least, a mere mention of fusion in and of itself isn't a a game breaker by, we've seen enough fusions by now to realize that sometimes it's just going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, it didn't reveal that we were getting a flashback and it didn't reveal that we're getting a rose fusion. (laughs) That would have been big news. This episode, I guess this is factoidiness. We got this episode by accident leaked earlier in the day from when it was supposed to air. And I'm kind of ashamed of the fact that I went out on the patio behind my workplace and watched it on my phone (laughs) because I couldn't wait. Although I didn't know that it was the whole episode. I thought it was just like a teaser because that happened sometimes that they would play like a little bit of an episode. And it was like, I thought it was going to end after that music video and it didn't. And I just kept watching because I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop now. So I kind of feel like a jerk that I watched the leaked episode. (laughs) But it was what it was. So anyway, what else? So, oh, I wanted to talk about the censorship. This episode was famously censored heavily in the UK. Oh, well, they do like to do that. What did we lose? A bunch of the dance between Rose and Pearl. They, oh, of course. They, I guess, thought it was too it was too gay. Too gay and too racy and too gay racy. I guess so. Some people, I mean, just doing that by itself is already a little bit suspect, but then the way that they chose to censor it was to replay extra footage again, and they just kept cutting back to Greg's face. So that's just in really poor taste when you're editing lesbians by putting a man's face over it. (laughs) But, you know, they were saying it's not really fair because they allowed the kisses between Rose and Greg, both of them. So, and Rose and Pearl didn't even kiss, but they were dancing pretty intimately. So that was censored in the UK. And they didn't really even apologize for it. No, this is pretty late in the game, even by British censor standards, to be doing that censoring gay stuff just because it's gay. Yeah, it, it didn't seem right. It seemed more like if you're going to censor intimacy, that 
definitely Rose and Greg dancing like that at the end of the episode should have been in the same category and it was not. Mm. So so like, we see what you're doing. Don't try to say it's something else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say it's pretty late in the game, but I know from other things that stuff like that still happened. So. Right. And, you know, they gave their usual kind of thing where it said like, we have determined that this will be more comfortable for our local sentiments or whatever. I'm like, oh, the homophobia, you mean? <laughs> so whatever. What else? Oh, gosh. The stuff about Greg's record collection at the beginning. There were a few little funny things, which one of these I wrote down, Magic Orchestra, would be more like a Electric Light Orchestra reference. But somebody found something closer, which was Yellow Magic Orchestra. Oh, and that's the album cover looks very much like a Yellow Magic Orchestra's album called Naughty Boys. Oh, the there Japanese. we go. That one's new to me too. Yeah. Yeah. And I was amused by that the philosophy majors had an album called Nietzsche's Breakdown. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, and I noticed it had the thinker on the back of the album too. Yeah. One of the notes here also says that the album cover of that kind of looks like No Doubt's album, Tragic Kingdom, which I didn't catch that either. But that's what they said. Oh. I didn't either, and I have that album, so that's on me. <laughs> There's speculation that the philosophy majors might have been like a reference to the band The Philosopher Kings. None of these is like my homework. I just heard that. But one of the other funny connections there, though, is the, ugh, I don't even know how you say it. They have quadrinometry, I think, is the name but they write it with letters that there's a space between each word. That record album was in his collection. That is apparently also the title of the song that was playing during Greg's freak out. Or no, not during freak, his freak out. The loud music that came out of his van when Garnet just jumped out of the van, Ocean Gem. <laughs> that it was called Quadrinometry, The Secret of the Wave Lies in Creation. So That one reminds me of Quadrophenia. Oh, so that's That's one of the Who's. And of course, we know what the reference to Harpo, Groucho, and Tico was. But yes, that was funny. There's some like conversation about which one of them would be which, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not Marx Brothers literate enough, sadly, to pick which is which. Yeah. So I think that's about all that I have as far as random weird trivia that I know about this episode. I wonder if the leaking of it is why all the copies that I found in the episode that are easy to download rather than just watch on my streaming thing that I have is has any you know has anything to do with why the theme song didn't come with some of them. So I don't know. Go check out our merch table. So should I show you some merchandise? Give me the goods. You know, I have so much merchandise that I'm never gonna get through. So I picked a few things to cover various aspects of this episode. And one of them is that I'm I'm wearing my other Rose Quartz dress right now. So I'll show you uh -huh. what it looks like. Cute, huh? That's nice. See if I can back up. I'll show the people at home what it looks like. But it's very sort of cartoony. It has these little ruffles drawn on it. Yeah. I've got the little gem here. Hmm. So that is my thing. But, you know, because I'm a tiny person, it doesn't really fit and would be obscene if I didn't wear a shirt under it. So I always wear a shirt under it. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed you're wearing something under something and had a similar thought before I worked out it was the rose dress you're showing off. Yep, that's it. But I love this little guy here. That's cool. But it's way up high. Like, it's not belly button style, which, you know, that's how hers looks too. It doesn't look at, like it's way down where belly button would be like it is on Steven. <laughs> so that's my that's my rose quartz dress. I have two of them. I showed off the other one in, mm -hmm. let's see, in, did I do that in rose in 
was it did I do that in I'm just trying to remember the name of the one I'm thinking Lion. of did I do that in Lion 3 I can't remember now it might have been Lion 3 that's that the one I'm trying to think of too yeah I just couldn't remember the title straight off so that is the rose related thing and I wanted to do a Greg related thing too so I have a cute shirt to show you that's a Greg album ah, let me, that's cool let, let me, me drive my van into your heart CD cover on this shirt I love I'm not the, wearing clothes on. Hmm? I love the random parentheses as some songs tend to have. I know. The song for today's episode was what can I do? Parentheses for you, close parentheses. <laughs> so much of that. So that's my tribute to Greg. So I have Rose and Greg. But I also have something about sort of the theme of it, which I wanted to show you my cool book, which is called Fusion for Beginners and Experts. Oh, hello. And First of all, because we talked about fusion a lot in this episode, but secondly, because it's one of the only canon things that I have that actually shows a picture of rainbow quartz in it. There's like very little merchandise because, you know, I guess they just didn't want to make a big deal out of it. And yeah, I see that mixed sugar is one of the authors. Yes. So let's see, I'm just finding the picture of their cool art of rainbow quartz. Oh yeah. Like the moment of fuse. Mm, yeah. It's very interesting how I can't show you everything in here because there are a couple of spoilers left, but they do really cute stuff where they'll show the characters kind of talking about different perspectives that they can get from from fusing. But my favorite, I think, is the Pearl and Amethyst page where they say you don't have to agree on everything in order to fuse. <laughs> I love this art style. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I'm loving this art style. And then, but the next page says, but you must agree. <laughs> and then the next page says that you want to keep. So consent. Yeah. <laughs> there's an opal. So, but yeah, I love that it's implied that Stephen and Garnet are writing it. And coloring <laughs> it. Yeah, that he's the beginner and she's the expert. It's just so cute. And on the back, it has like all the gems and her hand. Writing the blurb. <laughs> It's just cute. There's a lot of stuff in here, but I'm not going to kindergarten story story time it. It's a very pretty book, though. (laughs) Yeah. See, the light is in it. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's probably one of her larger incarnations, too. Uh, (laughs) For those listening in audio, she's bouncing a car up and down in her hand. Sure is. Just don't want to inadvertently show you some references that you're not supposed to, but it does also have a cute ruby and sapphire. Aww. And the adorable. There she is. So yeah, that's a good book to get a little while down down the line after it's not spoiler for you anymore, <laughs> which would be, I guess, after episode like 123 or something. <laughs> I don't really know what else. There, there's some references in there that I'll have to talk to you about later. But this style is uh, they've used for a few of their books, which... I'll be excited to show you in appropriate places later. So Fusion for Beginners and Experts is available on, on any bookstore website. And both of, both Rebecca Sugar and Angie Wong, both writer and artist? Or? Angie does the graphics for this, I believe. Rebecca's name is on this as an author and on several of the other ones where it's the same style. And I think that she, I think Rebecca wrote it and Angie does the graphics. Okay. I believe Angie also works on the show, but I want to go off on a tangent and I can't until after a certain episode. So I'm going to stop (laughs) talking, but uh, (laughs) the, the art style is 
an interesting style that will come into play later. So that's all I'll say. <laughs> um, hmm. But yeah, I showed you three merch items this time and I don't have any more. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. What else should we do about this episode? Any, any final thoughts on it? I think we covered the main thing with the emotional going over it gives us, although not quite the emotional roughhousing reach for the Kleenex we've had in some past episodes, but definitely oh, does God. target the heartstrings. Yeah, I had to take some time to recover after the previous episode with keeping it together. Mm. Garnet and all her freakouts and stuff. And, I mean, this one was another fusion-themed episode, but very, very different in tone. <laughs> so, yeah, and, I don't know, uh, it was a heck of a spin bomb, I tell you what. Yeah. Well, also, the emo- most emotional stuff, it wasn't sad. It was happy to bittersweet. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, except for some of Pearl's stuff. But I don't know, Pearl being a jerk is also kind of funny, even if it's not meant to be sometimes. Yeah. And she didn't go like she did. I've forgotten the episode episode hmm. title, but what she's been incredibly cut up about Rose before. This was more just pettiness. You're talking about the Rosa Scabbard episode, maybe? That's the one, yeah. Yeah, that was really hard to watch. Mm. Pearl just having so many outbursts and having it affect her decisions. Mm. And and doing terrible things. And because this episode wasn't really about her, so it was okay to leave her on the side and play it a bit for laughs. It really was almost cartoonish, the way that she was teasing Greg, setting herself up as sort of the antagonist that inspired the central action (laughs) yeah i mean without pearl there he wouldn't have tried to do that yeah so be careful what you wish for pearly oh yeah i mean it's kind of her fault that they got closer (laughs) you know they might have done so on their own but this definitely sort of forced a conversation that maybe wouldn't have happened yet or wouldn't have happened to that extent without pearl trying to stop it from happening (laughs) and mike dropping on them Hmm. So I'm still loving the these things are expensive thing. Yes, that was a fantastic line. There were a lot of good one-liners in this. I like that one and the Just Ask Garnet line. <laughs> yeah, they left it a bit up for grabs, and I think it was right to do this whether Garnet got the conclusion she was hoping for with their relationship because she used future vision or just because she's savvy. Right. And you yeah. can read it either way, and either way works just fine. Mm-hmm. I prefer yeah. to think she's savvy in this regard because she's made of a relationship and she's a fusion, and so this is right in the territory. But you can easily say she went, oh, no, if I get Greg to do this, and then he'll try this, and Rose will do this, and mm-hmm. and Amethyst will chase a stick. <laughs> yeah. She's cute. Yeah, I think I prefer imagining it as her being savvy as well, because otherwise it starts to feel a little manipulative. Like, I want this future, so I'm going to choose to say the things that will make this future. And anyway, I don't know. And it's also a bit reductive of Garnet's actual skills as opposed to powers. Yeah, yeah. She was very warm in this episode. Like the way that she spoke to him, the way she spoke to Greg was very sort of not even just like, I know what I'm talking about because I am an expert about this. It was very reassuring. You know, she was like, no, you should go try. And this is what your goal should be, not copying Pearl, inventing your relationship with her. Yeah, which shows that she kind of likes him because she could have just sat the whole thing out and decided to see if it would all crumble as it has before. But she encouraged him and told him what, told him actual helpful things. So she's not known for being the most emotive, but 
I'd say there was a fair show that she liked him. I think so. And it is really interesting. I guess I haven't thought about this really that much, but they were listening at the end there because they wanted to see how it was going to shake out. And that implies that they're all very invested in what's going to happen. So it's interesting because I'm sure they're all interested for their own reasons. Amethyst, because it's popcorn worthy. And Garnet, because this is a relationship. And Pearl, well, because this is the love of her life. And, you know, she doesn't want her to make headway with another person. So sure she'll come around if I just give her another 3,000 years. Yeah, I guess that is always kind of in her non-existent back pocket is that, well, I mean, eventually he's going to die and it's not going to be all that long comparatively, (laughs) right? So I don't know. That's, again, I guess after it actually turned out that Greg outlived Rose, that had to just blindside her. That had to just seem so awful. So I don't know. She just always kind of had that Trump card that, I'm only going to have to deal with your ass for another, like, I don't know, 60 years at the most. And it's this relationship that basically kills Rose. Yeah. That it is because of this relationship that she and Rose getting together is entirely removed from possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not anything that she was conceiving as possible at the time that, you know, even if he took her attention away and made her temporarily less special. to to Rose, you know, made Pearl less special, that you're you're still never going to see that as as permanent if you're a gem. So I don't know. It's, I don't feel like she would even have the vocabulary for what ended up happening. I don't know. It's really hard to think about, but there are plenty more episodes with which we can look at different angles of this as we go on. Yeah. We're not even halfway, gang. Hmm. I guess that's true. And we're only part of the way through season two. Oh, yeah. season was very long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we'll keep each other on the same page. <laughs> hmm. I just hope I don't accidentally say something from like season five and realize that I said it when it's too late. I found a thing where something did slip out, but it's completely went past me. So I don't know if Uh-oh. you were dangling that in front of me or if you just went, oh, shit, did I say that? Oh, no, she missed it. It's cool. <laughs> was it about fusion? Corrupted gems. It was about corrupted gems. Yeah. Well, moreover, you called them corrupted gems uh-huh. when I just knew them as gem animals. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think if I had figured out what when the first time that they said that. I know that they didn't say that they used the word corrupted in Ocean Gem, which Mm. was probably after what you're talking about. And at the time, I didn't notice and my Mm. record itself didn't react. So I guess it either just meant nothing or bounced off. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I figured you were just so used to calling them corrupted gems. Yeah. You know what other weird thing that just kind of became common terminology is they didn't like officially start calling the poofing as poofing until like sometime very recently in like season two or something but we were calling it that because because it's kind of a natural thing to call it well, it's and, kind of what um, happens yeah yeah and and you said something like and then they just poof away and i'm like okay we can call it poofing now <laughs> you said it it's on you <laughs> you invented it <laughs> you you privately invented that term for poofing yeah, and it's probably quicker than some of my, I've heard some of my attempts to say stuff like, engemulated. 
Oh, goodness. Well, it'll work. I mean, <laughs> they'll know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, is that all for we need to talk that we need to talk about? I think we have talked about needing to talk about we need to talk. <laughs> Here's Alexandrite's face. Ah, oh, very close up. At first I thought that was someone's bikini. <laughs> yeah, it's just a face. But yeah, anyway. Thanks, Pearl's nose, for looking like a crotch. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, the, okay. It's not like the eyes don't look like boobs. There you go. <laughs> Ooh. All right. <laughs> Before okay. we get too silly. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time, not-so-giant listeners. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Ivy and Daria on Not-So-Giant Women. You can find episodes of the show in video form by looking up Not-So-Giant Women on YouTube or in audio form at anchor.fm slash not-so-giant-women or your podcatcher of choice. You can also find us on Facebook. Audio production by Daria. Video production and music by Ivy. Daria can also be heard on Postploitation, the Ausploitation podcast. And Ivy at her Steven Universe fan blog at love-takes-work.tumblr.com. Steven Universe was created by Rebecca Sugar and remains property of Cartoon Network. No infringement is intended.